Welcome to Season 2 of the Bow and Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Reed. Here we're talking the buzz on all things Bowen therapy. For therapists, clients, educators or anyone interested in the soft tissue industry. The show where we get to meet interesting Bowen practitioners, trainers and where we also hear from experts sharing their secrets to assist us to grow in our businesses and grow in our lives. Welcome to episode 29 of the Bowen Bus. Today we get to meet Kylie Emmett. Kylie's a Bowen practitioner from Torquay down here in Victoria. G'day Kylie. Good morning Chris, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. Kylie, I was prompted to come and chat with you uh, because we had a, I had a request come through the Bowen Therapy Support Network about a girl who was, had an opportunity to go and work or potentially do some work in the mines up in New South Wales. Yes, but now we're outside of Tamworth, I think yeah. she is. And I said to her, I know just the person I need to talk to because Kylie's done this sort of work or set something up from basically from a scratch point of view. So I thought it'd be great to have a bit of a chat about that. Is that okay? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I'd love to. First of all, though, can we learn a bit about Kylie? And um, how did you find Bowen or how did Bowen find you? Uh, I'd actually had a pretty bad skiing accident in the year 2000 and I fractured um, T12 vertebrae. I got various treatments over in France while I was working over there and... So you had the accident in France? I had the accident in French Alps. Sounds... Exotic. Exotic. <laughs> yeah, still hurt. Um, but it was really difficult with the language barrier to find treatment that um, suited me, was affordable and was accessible. I had a French friend who took me to a village nearby where I was living who did this Australian technique. Um, which turned out that it was bone therapy. When was this? Year 2000 in a place called Les in the French Alps near Maribel. That is absolutely amazing. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and I came back to Australia talking about this technique that I thought I described it as, as flicking, um, which I now know was probably um, not Botech Bowen. But it was the only thing out of all the treatments that I got that actually gave me sustained um, relief. I was, then, when I came back to Australia, went out to see a woman called Maxine Flagmore out in Belbray, and I was talking to her about this treatment that I had in France, and I sort of rubbished and said, oh, apparently it's from Australia. And she said, yeah, you're right, it's Tom Bowen. Um, he was from Geelong, and she told me the, the Bowen story. I asked a couple of my relatives that lived in the area and my grandfather used to drink with him at the Petrol Hotel apparently. So there was a lot of connections there. He lived opposite my auntie whose house I stayed at every holiday so I probably played in his front yard and didn't with know. His, with his kids. Probably at grandkids. some point mm. with his grandkids. So yeah, sometimes you've got to go a long, a long way away to, to find what you need that will help you. Mm. But it started me just thinking about the potential of of the treatment. My daughter had asthma at a young age and there was a, a local, another local guy who was doing treatments and um, Tony and Tony said, well, maybe you want to look at, at doing this as a, a course to help your daughter. So, so what, you, you obviously weren't in healthcare at the time? Or? No, I was hospitality through and through. So, um, so hospitality is, yeah, the, the person to person contact was what I was familiar with, but I'd also been doing karate for 20 odd years so I was in the business of hurting people not putting them back <laughs> together so that was all about finding a bit of balance too but um, just by chance I looked 
I think the internet was still pretty pretty primitive then, but I googled and this guy called Chris Reed popped up. There you go. Yeah. And I think I left a voicemail. I left a message with Louis. <laughs> he would have been about he five took, at the he time. He probably was. And at that point, I wasn't sure if I was ringing up. Um, there was also a Chris Reed who was a tattooist in Geelong. I was really grateful that I got through to you. But yeah, and that's why I thought I'd just start. I'd do the module. I think you had a course starting in about three weeks and we did the first module and there was 12 of us there. Uh, everybody else had come from massage or nursing. I was the only one that had come from absolutely no background at all, um, but I was hooked. There you go. Yeah. How long ago was that? That would have been 2003, I think we started, Chris. 2003, 2004. I got, maybe a bit later, I was qualified with my cert. I'm just looking at the certificate now, 2007, I got my certificate. Okay, so, great. Yes, and that was interesting when I got that certificate, I was standing at the top of a mountain in New Zealand and you rang me up and said, can you take this call? And you said, I've got someone here to talk to you and it was Aussie Wrench and he said, Aussie, and Aussie said, congratulations, you just got your cert for. So, very yeah, good, so, very good. Yeah, yeah very exciting. And, and you're, a, you're a student that really took to the bone like a duck to water, I remember. You couldn't get enough information and then you just Yeah, you just I think it. I was a bit of a pest actually. No, you weren't at all. And yeah. you got you went on and did you one of the first actually to do the diploma through um, was Border College back then. Um, yes, very yeah. early on. Certainly one of my first diploma students to go through. And you've done incredibly well and done an awful lot with Bowen over, over the years. So, you net where are we practicing from now? Um, got a little clinic down in Torquay, uh, just one treatment room, little office. I came here about seven or eight years ago. I worked from home as we all seem to do to yep. start off with. Yep. Had a younger daughter, so that that fitted in well. I did a bit of locum work for you, which was fantastic because you were my first experience at uh, treating with two rooms, which kind of freaked me out to start with. It was like going back to waitressing, trying to keep two spaces organised. But uh, that was great, just having that that other experience in mm. clinic as well. Uh, this space became available, and it's on the ground floor of a building. It's really accessible, so I took a took a punt and um, took it on. Of course, I think he said a similar thing to when you decided to do it full time. The phone didn't ring for the first week. I was no. sitting here by myself, <laughs> wondering what I'd done. Um, I was teaching kids karate as well, and the kids basically paid the rent for the first year yeah. here uh, until things got up and established. But look, word gets out in a small town. But in saying that, I get a lot of people coming from uh, other areas other than Torquay, which shows that you know, the the bone work is something that they will travel. They'll travel for. Yep, and you do good. If you do good bone, you you your name will get out there, and people will find you, won't they? Yeah. Sometimes they don't even know what they're coming in for. They right. come in, they just say, oh, I, someone, "I hear you just do this stuff." Told that, me to go yeah. and see Kylie. Yeah, it's usually yeah. a family member that's had some relief, and they'll talk you up, which I find is really kind of puts up a lot of pressure on you because you've got auntie so-and-so saying you've got to go see this person she'll sort you out and like okay i've got to got to come up with some results so. <laughs> <laughs> well we let the bone do the work and often it's uh that's, yeah that, yes, and it, it is pretty fail safe you know that yeah bowen just seems to it does it works mm. so. so apart from so you're obviously working from here and then you had an opportunity or an opportunity present itself as it often does somehow the universe delivers yeah to 
look at going in working off-site. Can you tell us about that, how that came about? Yeah, I always had a, a vision of taking this into workplaces, but uh, as we're, you know, I'm in a surfing community, surfing town, we've got some really big uh, companies in the area and I thought, you know, trying to get it into maybe one of those bigger surfing companies would be really good. But by chance I had a gentleman ring me up whose wife was running marathons and she had a uh, quite a bad Achilles and asked if I could possibly help. I said, sure, look, we'll, we'll have a go. We've managed to get her a lot of relief. She went on to do a marathon quite successfully. He was pretty fascinated by it. He was actually an OHS officer for a bigger company in Bourne Ponds um, at the Cement Works and asked if there was a possibility of us doing a trial in there because they were coming through with some of these these injuries that weren't uh, reportable as work safe accidents, but they were they had an aging workforce, they had um, osteoarthritis, there was you know, a few different health issues going on with their staff. Um, How many so staff could, were at there? At that point, there was 100, about 110, 120 staff. Um, we were thinking that we would start just doing uh, that particular plant and then move on to the truck drivers that were actually entering into the plant as well. Um, but look, we just got caught up in, in the actual plant itself and it never, never progressed because we were so busy. But the 12-week trial um, was a complete success. We took out a survey or put out a survey at the end of the 12 weeks and the success rate came back about 88, 89% and basically 99% of the guys said that they would welcome that kind of program in. So what did you measure in the trial? Do you remember how you went about that? We did things like I took a whole bunch of information to begin with just on, you know, based on our, our soaps, subjective, objective. We did uh, assessments, range of movement for shoulders, necks, uh, lower back, ruling out disc problems, um, hip problems, etc. But I also, as a part of the program, they had to commit to drinking a certain amount of water per week, and I also put a pedometer on them. So it was really essential that they that they moved as part. So it was an, an all over program. Did you was that because you felt that a lot of them were chronically dehydrated anyway? Absolutely, and they were in a really uh, poor um, environment for for just health and well-being. Uh, surrounded by cement dust, they're working in extreme temperatures in some of the areas. They were going from being static and sitting to then getting up and doing some pretty heavy labour. Um, so there wasn't a lot of consistency in their work and their tasks. So I thought um, when I had assessed and treated a couple I just thought yeah they're all sort of at that that mentality of I don't know you've probably heard it a few times you, do you drink much or only if it comes in a brown bottle mm. the amount of times I heard that was mm. so I thought if we could roll the whole lot into a package then um, the program had a lot more chance of, of standing so trying to get them to drink and to move at the beginning was really difficult mm. but then they started to use it as a competition amongst themselves as well but that I could see straight away that they were coming back in they, their fascia was just easier to work on they were 
moving more so they were feeling better in themselves and you know as you start to feel better you do get better so mm. it was just mm. it built on itself each time so you had some data that was able to show the yep. company that there was some benefit in these guys getting a treatment now how many treatments did they actually have was it based on how many they requested or was there a protocol you followed there was about 30 of them actually signed up for it willingly um at the beginning, there was a bit of suspicion around me. They thought I might have been spying for the company. They thought that I might have been weeding them out because there was um, a big movement in the company where they were letting go a whole bunch of workers. And so everyone was a little bit suspicious to begin with. But um, the ones that did sign up initially, I've still got about 20 of those are still on the program now, seven years later. Right. So we just took notes. I had a folder for each person who was a part of the program and each week we took uh, notes based on what the assessments, what procedures that we did, what they were drinking, what they were doing, how much they were moving and then we just you know, could show the company at the end of the 12 weeks. So initially I had to do uh, a presentation. I did a presentation for all the OH&S officers uh, plus HR management and the leading hands. Then we did the same uh, spiel again at the end of the 12 weeks, but showed the data and showed the results. Plus we took in the survey results as well that came directly from the guys. They were anonymous survey results. Uh, it was agreed that I would come back then on a weekly basis. And those guys that were involved would get a one hour treatment per month. Okay. So. I was there every Tuesday, I'm still there every Tuesday, and so around about once per month they get they get a one hour treatment. So so that roster sort of continues, does it? They sort of basically get a maintenance treatment once a month. Absolutely. And has, has, the, has it translated into um, any anything around like less um, time off work, less sick days, any of that sort of data? Definitely. So we found after the first Four years, we had, there was zero injuries in the company. And it was the first time in the history of the company in Australia, and that's Australia-wide, not just this particular plant, that there was that long in between injuries. So they actually received awards from Sydney. They all got um, a gift uh, across the plant, and they had a celebration lunch, and that was because they, they went, had such a long period of, of lack of injury or no injury or zero injury is that right so no yeah. accidents either so it was a period of time where they're because often you get on those sort of work so much you'll have accidents and oh that was the, as well. the end of that four-year run was um unfortunately somebody had actually uh, had a soldering accident and ended up with solder in the eardrum so right. that was something that obviously wasn't going to be wasn't presented by uh, preventable by bowen mm. um mm. but look i think just having that body consciousness. So they were starting to be more aware of their bodies and being more aware of how they were feeling good. And they became, therefore, being more alert. Mm. And more so it's probably more reactive too. So maybe less likely to have a trip or a fall or something like that if they're feeling better and moving better. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, totally. And Great. think about uh, the effects of dehydration on your mental like your alertness your fatigue levels yep. so to say it, nothing about so lower back uh, health and and all of that yeah and we we even looked at things like don't no no sitting with your wallets in your back pockets and uh you know also all of the, 
the whole whole kit and caboodle. So mm. there was just a lot of things that we sort of in the industry we take for granted and we think it's common knowledge. But when these guys have been working the same plant for a long time, um, they they're just based on getting the job done. They're not thinking about themselves in that time. It's great. So what they set up. Um, was really a preventative health model rather than a reactive health model, wasn't it? Yes. So we had big discussions between myself, RHS, and HR in the beginning on how we were going to approach it. And initially, their pitch was that it would be a work cover type scenario that we would do uh, treatments based on referrals from doctors. And we soon realised that that was going to create massive amounts of paperwork and probably limit the amount of people that we were actually going to be able to treat. So we also discussed that people have lives outside of work. They play football, they have grandchildren, they do gardening. They, we had a few that were ex-shearers. Um, you know, there's, there's life outside of work and these people were bringing these injuries to work with them and then were being less efficient in their, their job role because of what they were bringing in from outside. So, and you have the potential of people being dishonest about how they injure themselves. Um, sometimes people might fib and say that they've done it on the stairs at work as opposed to saying that they tripped up the back step at home while they're gardening. So it eliminated that and it created a more honest and open environment for them to come in and say, look, I was chopping firewood on the weekend, really twinge my lower back. Um, you know, it's really hurting when I do this at work. So. It became um, a maintenance program that they could use for their lives, not just for work. Mm. And do you find that the, the, comp the company and the workers out there really value the program now? It's been going for seven years, so is it something that's talked about amongst the guys? Yes, it is. And I actually had the, the, um, the big cheese um, not so long ago. I, I said we were having a conversation about getting something the cultures to change out on the plant and he said well they won't listen to me but they'll listen to you there you go <laughs> so, <laughs> it's become a bit of a joke that if they want something to change that they have to get me to do it because the boys will listen to me so Very i've good. become a bit of a um and a listening ear for them as well so you know it, and in turn they bring their families to see me in the clinic i have whole pods of families where i treat the wives i have one family that i treat wife children and grandchildren and brothers so. right so the, the, that's that's come from the husband being at work and getting treated at the company out there yeah and now the rest of that flows through into the clinic yeah. in Torquay yep and Excellent. obviously he's gone home he's a lot happier he's less mm. grumpy mm. Um, in that time we've also had a few that I have encouraged to go and get scans we've had hip replacement double knee replacement we've got another knee about to go in so these are things that might have just gone been overlooked as well and you know they're just of that that age group mentality of the show must go on mm. but with encouragement um, we've got them into to look further into their injuries and and management and yeah had great success out of that as well so. that's a really big thing isn't it because often men and whether it's the same around the world but certainly australian men are often very reluctant to go and get anything done yes. reluctant even to go to the doctor and get blood tests done or anything like that so absolutely having you there perhaps has been uh, changed their thinking about health and their, their bodies and how they feel yeah and they might be more likely to go and pick up and maybe go and have a colonoscopy and pick up a, a potential bowel cancer that they might not have they might have ignored that's absolutely right because i'm removed from their family 
life so I'm not nagging them at home I'm um, I'm giving them a completely honest and individual opinion um, and if I've made them feel better over a period of years they're they're likely to listen to the advice that I give them mm. so um, and that that you're right some boys will just the men will soldier on but then I also hear back from the wives that they take it home and complain about it at home so it's usually the wives are also there just saying well you should listen to her very so, good that's yeah. great and have you um, replicated this model in other workplaces in other factories or anything yes yes I've been really lucky that I had a representative who was from a WorkSafe uh, insurance company I won't mention which one but he was aware of the program that we were doing at the cement works and saw the data and the, the lack of injury obviously insurance companies uh, tend to be quite happy when a company is not making claims he then uh, had a conversation with another company down in Colac a very big well-known company in Colac and they were talking about reducing injuries and, and um, work cover rates and he mentioned this program that OHS officer got in contact with me we did a few treatments for their workers outside of the plant so they were bringing them here from Colac which was a, an hour drive it took them out of took the OHS officer off site and obviously he was limited to how many people he could bring each trip so I pitched it to them that we could do a similar trial program down there uh, as it was I didn't have to do a presentation or anything to that effect or they just put me in straight away and we started at one plant and we were doing five to six treatments once a month now you're doing bowen treatments here aren't you bowen treatments yeah cool yes yep. yep and we're now i'm now there uh once a fortnight and i'm working at both plants and i'm doing 11 treatments each time i'm there so we've shortened the treatment times to half an hour 30 minute treatment times because there's just such a huge demand for it so there's a waiting list and people are getting quite stroppy when they can't get in so that's great so it sounds yeah. like you're actually all shortening that you're probably treating more a bit like what Tom Bowen actually did in his clinic uh, seeing those numbers of people so you've had to yep. find the ways of actually managing your so if someone needs perhaps say um, a treatment like say um, a coccyx oblique where, where we were saying look is there any chance look, we need to sort of wait 20 minutes after that treatment or how, how do you manage something like that and this has been a work in progress for me because the way I was taught by you was that um, there are definite wait times in between moves um, there's a pattern in which you do things I've had to modify that according to what's presented to me at the time so I'm more likely to reduce my waiting times in between the smaller moves I tend to break it into my BRM ones I'll do with minimal wait, time, wait times um, but then at the end of the BRM ones I'll have a, a break then I'll move on to BRM, BRM2 I tend to do a lot of work in the lumbar and upper back and neck I don't do coccyx and I don't do TMJ just because I'm sending people back out onto worksite. Right. So I. You found I suppose you found that that 
the what we might call the basic work or those what you might call mineral moves or whatever still have a profound effect they sure do they really do and always just giving them five minutes if you can at the end just to lay just to lay still i'll wash up i'm lucky that i've got uh, wash up facilities in one of the rooms that i'm using so i wash up while i'm having a chat to them i get them up really slowly um, dust them off and send them out so because you're not rebooking um, taking money and all of the other things associated with running a clinic you do have that extra little bit of time just to have that recovery time with them Great. I never send them back out if they're dizzy yep. um, but which does happen I also don't disrobe them because oh. they're on site yep. and that's really important to, to know because um, I've had to work through some Pretty difficult work clothing. Because they would wear heavy, heavy duty clothing, wouldn't they? The cement works. I learnt hard way that when you're working through heavy duty clothing that has got cement dust in it, you get alkaline burns on your pads and your fingers. Right. So I've learnt learnt that the hard way. Um, those guys bring a pair of board shorts in, and they bring board shorts and t-shirt. They keep them in their lockers, and they'll get changed in the room next door. But the people down in Colac, they're coming from a food service area. They have to take off their their work uniform anyway to go to the bathroom. They usually have leggings, t-shirts, etc. underneath. But I don't completely disrobe them because no. we're we're on a workplace. Yeah, so you're getting down to that, what that that's right, and that one yeah. layer of clothing. So and it's not that really heavy duty as as you start yeah. out trying to work through. Oh so. yeah, yeah, and you lose <laughs> your fingertips a few times. <laughs> yeah. So you really had to modify the what we might call. So if you're going to do like a a classic treatment in a clinic you've had to modify that slightly to, to manage the workplace but you've still got great results around the way you've been able to do that within the workplaces absolutely yeah. and look I've also got a, a diploma in remedial massage which I just think it would be completely inappropriate to do on a, on a work site um, so Bowen really fits that. Bowen fits perfectly. And Beautiful. you can see where Tommy Bowen must have come from. He was working at the Florensford Cement Works. He did work at the Cement Works. At the beginning, right. it was a part of my pitch when go. I went <laughs> to these guys to begin with. But so, you know, it came from a workplace and it had to be efficient. And I think the, the best thing that I learned about doing the remedial massage course was that Bowen therapy is just a super, super, super efficient version of remedial massage. Uh, you, all of your your trigger point, your myofascial release, your lymphatic moves are all in your Bowen move. It's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely. So, look, it's efficient. It's easy on them. It's easy on me for me to do 11 treatments in a row in five and a half hours. If I was doing that with remedial massage, I'd... I'd yeah, you'd be I'd on the be, floor. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> Hugging myself in the corner. Your, well, your hands wouldn't manage it. Your arms no. wouldn't manage it. Do you know what I mean? You finish that's up right. with repetitive strain injury yourself. Absolutely. So I use what I call the Bowen map. So the map of the body uh, with all your procedures placed on it, if you think about it that way, you're, you've got everything is covered in that Bowen map. I have uh, more sustained holds. So I hold the challenge for a lot longer and I hold the end of the move and that becomes more of a myofascial release. So my wait times are not necessarily not touching the body. The wait times are waiting for that, that release through the fascia at the end of the move as well. Right. That's just something that I've done intuitively over 
over the time and I didn't actually even realise that I was doing that until mm. I sort of caught myself doing those, you know, I do a beginning challenge and an end challenge and that just gives you a, it's a bit, a little you've bit Really, firmer. what you've really done actually though is you've just slowed down the move. Yeah. Isn't it? You yes. Know, so you've actually slowed the process of the move down, which is what I'm yeah. often telling students in class, yeah. slow down. Like, because yeah. that gives the body more information, doesn't it? If we do it really quickly, yeah. you, it's a bang, it's gone, it's over. But if you if you hold your challenge and then you make the slow move and then perhaps even so you're just finishing the move a bit slower at the end, yeah. the body's just picked up a whole lot more information. Absolutely. Which is and fantastic. And the classic for that is your kidney move. You do your kidney move and you... If you hold the end of that that kidney move, you're just tucking right into that that lumbar fascia, and there's a whole bunch of trigger points just sitting under there. That if you if you hold long enough, you just feel you feel that lumbar area just release underneath your fingers. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily about doing like you say, doing this quick move and then going and leaving them alone and standing at your desk hoping, waiting for that release. You're actually feeling it underneath your hands, and that gives you an indication. Of when to move on to yep. because quite often especially if you're working through clothes there's no visual release mm. so you have to rely on what you're feeling uh, michael quinn Levin, who um, border college natural therapies a very good pal of mine back in the committee days he actually said the same thing to me he said you don't always have to have that that you know time away from the body he said if you've if you palpate it and it's let go move on and that's an experience thing, isn't it? Like Mike has been around doing body work for Absolutely. 25, yeah. 30 years. It's bodies on table. That's so exactly right. Yeah. Hands on hands yeah. on hours, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, but great. at the beginning, if you're in doubt, you just, like what you said, you just slow it down and tune in. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, tune in great. and don't, be, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't race, race forward. So. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And just back to the companies then, because I was talking to a guy uh, recently who ha- who works at a bus depot, a, a, a bus company, and um, he um, the the company he sees twenty clients a week, employees from the bus company. The bus company has about three hundred fifty people in it. Now yes. he he sees up to twenty people a week, um, and he's basically full each week with that. And what they've noticed is that their work cover premiums have come down because they've got so many less claims from work cover. That's so right. So the company it's, it's, it's and also um, work cover come out less to the to the site because so they're not getting harassed by work cover because they know they're doing the right thing by their people. So it's it's yes. a real win win for them. Their 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 guys are much um, are much happier and healthier, but also their the cost is being the paid off. Are being reduced. Being reduced, yep. which is enormous in those sort of um, situations. Yeah. So if we see someone like you talked before about your cement um, plant, they have no no accidents or no injuries for four years. Four years. Yeah. Their cover, their their costs are coming down. So that's a great plus. And a well, at the end of the day, it's down to the dollar. So if you so if someone's thinking of company, going into something's going th- thinking of going, this is something I could do in my area. You know, so in a mining area or a big company, or I would really encourage it. And and likewise, if if anybody needed more information on how to pitch it to a company, please get get on to me, give me an email, because I think it's a whole other unexplored side of our industry. And as we all know, clinic work is hit and miss. You can have weeks where things are really quiet, and it's tough to pay your rent um, and to plan 
your year when you don't know when people are going to need you. With the company work, it's set. You can plan around it. You know that you've got that regular work or that regular timetable. But also, it's also a good way to say of, of having uh, almost like people coming into the clinic as well as an offshoot of having that work. Yep. Yep. So it saves your advertising because you do you get that trickle trickle through effect. But companies are now starting to realise, and there's such a push with health health and safety now that they're realising that this prevent preventative type work is so much more cost effective for them and it gives them uh gives their staff a feeling of being looked after by the company too so there is a culture valued that's right so there is a culture in workplaces that the company this and the company that that the company's taking them for all they're worth but when the company's providing a service like this then they tend to be more obliging back to the company so fantastic been and it's been brilliant for me in learning um, about what Bowen does too and you know if you have to make shortcuts sometimes then you do but you do it in the the most uh, I don't even know how to put it but keep it as pure as possible so not mongrelizing the treatment Mm. to the point where it's not recognizable anymore because keeping those those basic principles what makes Bowen Bowen yeah that's fantastic Look, I really appreciate you having a chat with us today. I appreciate you coming down. Thank you. Well, it's just great to see another aspect of Bowen really in the workplace and another way that people can take their Bowen and make a real difference to people in their lives. So yes. I really appreciate it. Don't be scared to do it. Get out there and and push it. It's well worth it. Good on you. Thanks, Bowen. The companies will love you. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. All right. Cheers. You've been listening to another episode of the Bowen Buzz podcast. If you'd like to ask a question or even suggest someone we could have on as a guest, please let us know by leaving a comment. If you'd like to leave a review on iTunes, that'd be great. That would help tell the world about the Bowen Buzz podcast and spread the word of Bowen Therapy. This has been Chris Reed. Enjoy the buzz. (laughs) 